I'll admit it, I dance to these Narayan songs. Welcome to the new Ugly. I'm Mike, here with my co-host, Abigail. What's up, Abigail? I'm good. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. We're on the final round of Nurein. Going to do some reviews for Nurein 15, round 7. Oh, there's Ben. Hi, Ben. Oh, oh, hey, hey, y'all. How long have you been standing there? Uh, about an hour now. Just kind of waiting for you to notice me. Um, feels like high school all over again. Oh, I thought there was just a really ugly tree there. No, that would be my mom. <laughs> I, I, I like that strategy. Oh, you're you're gonna take them hostage? Well, I'm just gonna shoot the hostage. <laughs> You're threatening to break my legs? I'm going to break my own legs. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, we know who the champion is, but neither Abigail nor Ben know. Some of us do. <laughs> so, I know. I know who the champion is. The we was more of a general in that it has the royal been... royal it, it has just been announced. We are fresh off the presses here, people. And so, what we're going to do is go through the shadows first, because those don't count, and then we're going to get to the finalists and then reveal who won Nur Ein 15. If you don't recall, Nur Ein is a songwriting contest, which is not so much about songwriting as it is about stamina. Staying in for eight rounds. Starts at round zero. We started with 40 some this year. Huge record, big record, the biggest amount of contestants that we've ever seen. And it was awful. I mean, it was great. More contestants, please. And and we have <laughs> judges for the first seven rounds. Ben was a judge, and then the champions from last year were judges. The two duos. So yeah, Narayan 15, round seven. Bafo Yuk's dudes, one of our contestants, does a listening party every week for all our songs, which is super awesome. Shout out to Bafo Yuk's dudes. Go follow that dude on YouTube. Indeed. For the last two weeks, they've done Narayan history. So they've gone all 14 prior Narayans and done a recap of the finalists. A little bit about every competition. Super cool. You should go check it out. Oh my god. Nivius rescinded it, and now we, we get the vote if we didn't vote. Whoa. Oh, okay. That's good to know. This could change this could change everything. This is new. There's so much drama. I'm so this glad is... that we're live tweeting it and that all of you, dear listeners, are listening to it <laughs> three weeks Some... later. Oh my yeah, god. That's right. Two, two or three days when you're like, oh, what happened? Oh, Here that, we are. That's <laughs> minute by minute coverage. Whew. I can imagine he's not happy about that. Anyway. Let us start with our shadows. Maybe, maybe we'll have a better idea by the end, but maybe not. If we don't, what we're going to do is record both versions of the podcast, <laughs> just like they do at the Super Bowl where they print both right. types of t-shirts, and <laughs> then I will edit out the one that doesn't match, and I'll send it to some poor third world country to distribute that doesn't have... Ooh, too real. It's a country. It's not racist. No. <laughs> We're sending it to Siberia. Yeah. That's where they don't have podcasts. Ben, you, you've got racism on the mind. What did you say? I was thinking of the capitalist, not the racism thing, where you just have like thousands and thousands of shirts and hats that get shipped off to, a, you know, another country. But you said racist, right? That was all you No, I, I said, oh, too real. Oh, I didn't hear that very clearly. I heard the R. Well, same thing applies because it's like too real. Yeah, I get it. Anyway. And now for a three-hour podcast on racism in the music industry. Nope. Uh, nope, nope, nope. No, we canceled that show. We don't do that anymore. Up first, we've got Balance Lost. What's wrong with Pistol Coming in at a nice and even eight songs this year. That was Balance Lost. Yeah, Balance yeah. Lost. This was a good song. Um, Mike has forbidden us from saying like, love, or song. So this work of art was very enjoyable for me. I was delighted by the I don't want to get up before noon sentiment, as I have been feeling that quite a lot 
myself recently. And I just thought it was really funny. I just thought it was a good shtick. Pistols at noon, it made me laugh every single time. The lyrics are a little bit vague beyond that. I mean, I wasn't sure if this was about a relationship with somebody or if he's like genuinely has to go and fight a person that he insulted in the street. I kind of like that. I wasn't bothered by not knowing what was going on. I like purposeful ambiguity. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I definitely thought it was definitively a, I'm a gunslinger in the Old West and have to go drop pistols at dawn, but the old man who's 100 is the legendary, you know, gunfighter. Was like, no, we're doing it because I'm old. I don't care. That's Max. Dang. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's what I get for not writing notes. Damn it. Uh, all right. I'm done. Y'all have a good time. I'm going to go <laughs> hug my tree mom and, and go blend in the forest. Both lyric-wise and tonally, this reminded me a lot of Ned's Atomic Dustbin, which I've said before that I like Ned's Atomic Dustbin and that Balance Lost reminds me of them just at the verse and the bridge. It sounds poppier than them. It does. I, I do appreciate Wait, you know who they are? Oh, I don't know who they are. I just thought you meant that those two pieces sound poppier than the rest of the song. Oh, no. I, I meant that the, the song as a whole felt poppier than, than, than what they do. More American poppy. That makes sense. I really like his vocal delivery this week. It's much better than uh, it was last week. I was a big fan of last week's song, but I will agree that the vocal delivery this week is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it's nice and even throughout. It has a good tone. Um, I don't know that I mentioned this last time I was on the podcast, but I am a fan of how his accent uh, shapes the words he sings. I just think it creates a really nice sound when he's singing. This was, I think, my favorite balance lost of the entire competition. And also, I think, a really strong contender if we had extended our finalist pool, this was an extremely strong contender overall. Really liked it. I like the singing. I like the guitar tones. I'm sorry, I'm saying like too often. So like, 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 like. Now that's out of the system. I am absolutely delighted and thrilled by the nuance of the vocal enunciation. What are the big words can I say? Um, I'm just rambling. You should cut me off. Oh, okay. If you're not saying anything useful. Okay. No, I'm not. I liked how he formed the whole arrangement, the mix. It's beyond mix. I I sort of have in my mind the delineation between like a mix is how you adjust the levels and everything. And then I have like in my mind the arrangement, which is choosing where to put each instrument. Yeah, he's got a really good sense of that. I agree. Yeah. I really liked how he put it together. And I especially really liked how the guitar melts into the synth after the bridge. It really reminded me of Owl City, which I went through a phase of because I was in college and it was fun and exciting. I just thought that that was a similar sense of this is fun. It's got a lot of really nice synth sounds. They're really well put together and his voice blends well into the timbre he chooses. All right, so that's Bounds Loss. Up next, we have our favorite contestant. There is no other way When neither of us hears what the other has to say Bring your pistol at dawn Meet me at the Capitol on You've insulted my reason All right, that was Frankie Big Face. Honestly, his face isn't that big. It's actually quite small. I know, I keep getting disappointed about that every time I hear it. <laughs> no, that was actually me. Grumpy Mike. That was my song. Are you able to face the fact that that was your song, though? I actually really enjoy my own song, and I think it's one of the best among this group, despite its shortcomings. But I will let you two take me down a peg. He recorded this instead of editing our last show, so I have to either boo it or say it was great. I'm not really sure. It's fun. I like the harmonies and the choruses. It's a neat little track sort of unrelated, but it felt like every single past Narayan finalist was like a five minute long song, which they totally weren't. So thank you for being short, I mm. guess. It's just fun little like dancey tune. It's a start to a song. It's got a really nice groove to it. I really love the mood of this song. Sorry, let me rephrase. I find the mood of this song to be deliciously low, predatory, kind of like dancing in the dark kind of thing. You said I couldn't say love. I thought you were going to say it's uh, like the Shia LaBeouf Cannibal song, <laughs> which I could also kind of hear. Hmm. When I'm with Mandibles, we sometimes talk about when we're designing a song, I talk about how I want the song to have the emotional content of when a cat is gearing up to jump on something and it's just standing there with its butt wiggling back and forth. That's what this song is. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, Mike. You are a cat butt wiggle. Oh. <laughs> 
but I really enjoyed that about it, and it's got a really good groove to it. I'm, I have it in my ear right now, and I'm hearing that steel drum. It is such a nice color shift that against the low bassy tones of the rest of the arrangement, I really like how you put it together. Thank Things you. that I did not like. Mm. Uh. No, no. Also, please. No, no. That was that was the thing I didn't like. Oh. It's just where you go. Uh. Uh. Because oh, like. Oh. 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 That's what you're saying. You don't mm. like the uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For. A very specific reason. I would like it more if it went into more of some kind of breakdown or like a rap verse or something that is it is leading towards. <laughs> but you don't go anywhere with it. You just right. do it and then you leave it there on the table cluttering up space. Funny you say you wish it went into a rap verse because you haven't heard our last episode where I said the Mandibles song should go into a rap. You should just listen to it. This song was just me trying to get something done, experimenting with some of the new stuff that I purchased that screwed up my previous songs this year, trying to figure stuff out. So I've got BFD3 for the drums, I've got Sample Tank 4 for the claps, I'm using Heaviosity Mosaic Bass for the bass, Heaviosity Evolve for the other weird rising sounds and the swooshy sound, and then Isotope Iris for some of the other tonal things. There are some strings in here. I don't think they're good. I might cut them if I redid this song. Anyway, I agree. I wish this song went more places. I wish I had sort of fine-tuned it a little bit more, but I just didn't have time, and I was done, and that's that. Did you do something different with your voice this time around? Is it processed differently or do you have like auto-tune turned up really high or something? Because it sounds different than normal. Well, I I actually warmed up this time, so there's that. It'd be amazing what a difference it makes. Yeah, I've been trying to change up my delivery since some people have been ragging on me for the way I deliver words. You can most hear this at the chorus. I had originally wanted it to be more of a chanty on beat thing. That's what it was in my head. And mm -hmm. it sort of turned into this interesting pace that I think I do like. Uh, I just didn't get it nailed down the way I wanted it. I think it's the right direction, though. I really like the chorus. Since you brought up the words thing, you put the emphasis on in of insulted and it set up the rest of that line to be incorrectly scanned. If you had made the in a pickup note into sul to have that be the emphasis, then you could have had a melisma on re of reason so that it would be a little bit longer than zun. And even though you would still have zun on the downbeat to have that rhyme with dawn and lawn, it would still feel like it wasn't weirdly accented because re would have been long enough to absorb that downbeat on the second syllable. Where were you yesterday? <laughs> you know, this is what I'm asking about you and my mix. Yeah, I suppose we'll talk about that. <laughs> now we have Hot Pink Halo. And I'm with a thinking of you on my way to the dance. All right, and that is Hot Pink Halo doing their hot pink halo thing the most distinctive sound i think of our entire folks so I, i'm really liking the chorus here i'm not entirely sure if i could describe why i really like it i think there's a violin lead out on it i feel like hot pink halo likes to really expose the lead vocalist and i think that works in, in some places but it doesn't always work every time the chorus is a spot where i think that it's a less safe choice and i'm not saying they made a safer choice with the chorus here and it's their like little harp sound in the chorus or whatever but i really like it i like the sound i think it it works well and then it allows the space for the verses to expose the singer a little more sound a little more like not necessarily raw but sort of out there but coming back to a chorus that's a little more round brings the whole thing together it makes it a really good song i like waltzes or irish drinking songs and this is definitely one of them it's got the three four going i wish it were a little faster and I wish it had some more things as I've noted on other hot pink halo songs it's a little lacking in the uh, melodic department especially during the verse I wish there were a rhythm guitar sustain for each of the chords kind of tying stuff together at the chorus I want it to turn into a drinking song where there are a lot of voices yeah I can totally see that 
Personally, this is my favorite Hot Pink Halo song that I've heard. I watched the YouTube video that Crumpart posted about the photo about which this song is based. Fill us all in. What does it mean? It's based on a photo by some famous photographer who photographed a lot of farmers back in the pre-World War I era. And these are three German ore miners who are wearing their nicest clothes to go into the next town to go to a dance. In the photo, they are walking along, their heads are sort of bisected by the horizon, their nice shoes are in the mud, they're walking to this dance, but they're also- Did their brains leak out? Well, kind of for one of them, because in addition to going to the dance in the next town, they are also symbolically marching towards World War I, where each one of them got constricted to join the army. That's dark. One of them died in the war. I don't like war. Most people don't. I don't like this song. (laughs) Yeah, but I I think I now understand Hot Pink Halo. If every song is tied back to a photograph from like 100 years ago, that's symbolic of strife and war. That's something that she does a lot. She always finds an interesting historical nugget of inspiration to pull these songs out of, which I find really interesting. I thought particularly in this lyric, she did a really good job of blurring the line. They're going to the dance with the people, but they're also going to the dance with the war. You know, she describes the photographer as saying stop and then he shoots. But then in the next verse, that same line is reserved for soldiers at war with pistols. And having that juxtaposition of someone shooting a camera versus someone shooting a pistol, I thought was really interesting. Oh, that's some good wordplay. Yeah. And just the orchestration itself, I think is one of her best work. In the mix, I can hear her using her recorder and her violin, which she used both of those on previous tracks this year. I think not as well as she used them here. I think it really shows how much work she put into this song and how much she has improved on those. They really blend well into the whole sound that she's creating. And it all coalesces very well into that feeling of a bar song in some small town in the country. (laughs) You know, now you say a bar song, and that's what I originally thought it would be good as, but if we're talking about dancing with a war, it actually should be a waltz. Or a jig. I suppose you could do a jig. It doesn't sound like it's happy (laughs) enough to be a jig. I mean, it should be a sea shanty. Right. A drinking song. Yeah. Drinking song about going to One of those late night, it's almost last call. Everybody's a little tired and pretty drunk. And the musician in the corner is singing this to keep your energy going, but not to like frazzle you with energy. It's her piano man. That's what you're saying. There you go. Yes. Thank you. All right. Up next, we've got mandibles, and Abigail is here to help us dissect that and let its brain spill out. But I was already gone. You're nothing, 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 nothing at all. All right. That was mandibles. And Abigail, I think you gave Ben exactly what he's been asking for his entire life. I think he either died or he pooped his pants right now. Isn't that right, Ben? (laughs) I do a little bit. Yeah, uh, Ben, this is a little bit in my heart dedicated to you. Yes, I love the pandrain. Oh, I felt it too. Oh my God. After your please last time I was on. This is another one of those mandible songs that I'm like, there's like one choice that makes me not flip over head over heels for it. And that the guitar is really muted. I wish it was a little louder and more medley in my face. Not not to overpower the singer, though, because I think you're doing a great job. Oh, my God. And those high notes are just, oh, so, mm, that last note, every time. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, I just need the, the metal guitar to be a little more medley. And Honestly, I completely agree. I downloaded the shared file that we all work out of and started working with it. And during that time, Truth put in the metal guitars. I could copy and paste what he recorded, but I couldn't copy and paste the settings on the track that he used. Uh, So I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get the same track settings. They're still not perfect. What he sent me is better than what we ended up having. Whoa, that is the flaw, is that you tried to replicate what he had instead of just doing something else. I think the sound of it is great and exactly what the song needs. It just needs to be louder, really, is all I want. Right. I think you need better headphones or you need to send me your mixes. 
I do want to hear a better mix of this. I really do. Oh, absolutely. Because this is amazing. I intend to do one. This is a very epic song, and uh, and your vocal delivery is so... It is the best vocal delivery I think I've heard you do. And you, you show off such a huge range. That high note at the end, I... I don't even know what I can say about that other than wow. And the guitar playing was pretty awesome too. Yeah, truth shredded that. It was amazing. I mean, everything was really cool. It just, it got kneecapped by the mix. Oh my gosh. But that's like half the songs this round. You're not alone. You're not alone. I do agree. Like there are some things that I want to rework with this mix. I want to bring up the guitar give the metal guitar a better tone. I feel like the interludes after the choruses need to be a little bit longer to let it breathe a bit more. And I want the introduction to be longer too. I just want the song to be a lot longer. Oh, I actually think that intro is perfect. You shouldn't, ju- I don't think you should touch the intro. I love it. It's perfect. It is slightly different from like the rest of the song, but not in my normal complaint is that intros don't match the song. Uh, this totally works. Absolutely. I think if you went longer with it, it might be a detractor i think it's just enough to be like interesting and different the guitar comes in at the right time i think the intro is perfect i think i don't think you should touch it at all okay okay send me your tracks raw i'll give you some ideas you can take them or leave them okay i want to help fully realize the potential of this song however i can i am delighted by this offer there were some chug chugs that you needed that weren't there some just really distorted guitar chug chugs Okay. Uh, where do you sing at dawn? Yes, chug, 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 chug. Some, you know, some more chugs. You need, you need some chugs accenting. You need some metal chugga chugs on your chugga chugga train guitar. Your ch- your choo choo guitar. <laughs> that's what I call. That's so, what I call so my guitar. I, it's my choo choo guitar that I ride. And he's the little train that could. So, Mike, will you train me in the ways of mixing? No. <laughs> will you train her in the ways of the chugga chug choo I don't know you. <laughs> I think that's the most yeah. intelligent thing I can say is that, or the most interesting thing I can say other than fix the mix, is that you could accent some of those words with the instrumentation. Yeah. Have it pop a little more. Yeah. I actually had to throw this into my DAW to figure out what the hell was going on at the beginning of the song because you seem to have a polyrhythm going there and last round was a polyrhythm. It's true, there is a little bit of polyrhythm in here. The chorus is definitely a polyrhythm. The intro is just a simple No, 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 no. You're singing triplets. I think you're slightly off with the triplets. What part are you talking about? The part where you sing right at the beginning, like right after oh. the intro. Yeah, I don't think it's a. It's. It feels more like a tempo change than a polyrhythm. No. No, I or think what it is change. is I'm just a little bit. Um, how do I put this? You're not swinging it. I am a little um loose. No, no, you're singing on a division of three. Let me tell you, I know what you're doing there. Even though I know less about music, <laughs> let me tell you what you're doing there. One, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay, I see what you mean now. Oh, it's not even in three, it's in six. That's fun. That's that's a special three, thing. Three, six, whatever. They're all well, numbers. Well, I just mean like as opposed to six, eight, where it's like a back and a fourth, it's like each six is important. No, but I hear it now. I do hear it. That's what you were trying to do, right? Oh, you know what's doing that? The voice isn't doing that. It's Estefania and her uke. I was so confused and it didn't sound wrong. It just sounded like you were doing something really complicated with the rhythm because especially with the intro, it sounds like you're starting on the offbeat of what you started on. It just really threw me off and it kind of sounded like you were playing it loose with your vocal delivery. Anyway, I still think it's 6-8 or 3-4 or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> So don't change that, because it's cool. All right, we should probably move on. You need to announce Max Bombast. Abigail. Max Bombast. Cowboy near a century old. I said, put him up to the sky. The one inside, set down alive. And I 
That is Max Bombast doing his fancy westerny, actually dueling at noon with the old gunslaying legend, who I assume has a name, but I have no idea. I like this song. I like the country feel. I like the whistling, actually. I'm very endeared to the whistling. Yeah, he managed to find a little hooky sound to draw us all in. And it feels very realistic. Yeah, I, th- I think I read he did this song in two hours. I think that was his challenge to himself, was to do this in two hours and to make it a western type thing. It's not what I would call a country song, but there's a lot of country elements to it, and they work really well. I'm especially impressed with the banjo that I feel like just randomly pops into the chorus and yet <laughs> still totally works somehow. I feel like every time it catches me off guard, and yet at the same time, I'm like, oh, that's, that's a nice sound. It works. I quite enjoyed the song. My biggest complaint is finish the damn song, Max. I know you only had two hours, <laughs> but I, I want you to take two more hours, write the part where the guy dies, and then give us a badass extroit as he rides off into the sunset with the dead body to collect his 100 grand, or however much it was. He's just trying to encourage all of us to write fan fiction about Max Mombass songs. That's all. <laughs> I knew <In> it. <laughs> He just wants to start that community. That's all. If we are asking him to finish songs, I do want him to go finish Pump the Brakes. <laughs> I echo all the things. I think this is a really good effort for two hours. The verse melody could use a little bit of workshopping, in my opinion. But overall, if you would have spent 10 more hours and had a, a little more polished up song, then by all means, this is how you should do songs. It's more efficient. Yeah. Mm, this feels like the least Max Bombasty song we've heard all competition. Not necessarily my favorite Max Bombast song, but I, I'm in love with the like direction it's moving towards. And this is the type of stretch I wanted to see Max do all competition. It's just let's incorporate some extra weird sounds and do something that's not necessarily outside the wheelhouse, but outside the, the Max Bombast sound. This is what I wanted, really. And I feel like if we'd gotten a couple more. Last week is what I wanted. We don't always get what we want, Ben. That's right, we don't. That's why we got your song and not an episode. Nope, that's too mean and also not true. Dang. I'm a big fan of the we will see who is quick and who is deadline because it's so deliciously punny. And Max, if you didn't mean to make a pun there, don't tell me that because I love the pun. <laughs> Before we started recording the podcast, we were talking about Episcopalians. One of the things we say <laughs> is the quick and the dead, which refers to the living and the dead. It's like some sort of archaic term to refer to like people who are alive, which is why I find it's funny because he's pulling his gun. If you're quick, you get to stay alive because you pulled your gun fast and you shot the other guy, which is why I find it completely delightful. Love me a good wordplay. A pun Scipalian. I think I need to go pour a beer after that pun. All right, up next we've got Seaman Ski. She's been working for your happiness and yours alone. Down point, your pistols are gone. She made grave attention, but she's done nothing wrong but you. And that was Samanski. Is that a Polish name, or did he just appropriate the ending of Polish names? I thought he just was on vacation in winter, looked out the window, and got a band name. Yeah, it's like Sea Spot Run, Sea Man Ski. I'm wondering if I should be offended or not. I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm considering (laughs) it, honestly. You're welcome to be offended. I like the story of he looked out the window at a winter cabin, but we can make it sinister. I'm fine with that. We're done. The competition's over. We could be mean to everybody now. Totally fair. <laughs> yeah, let's just insult everybody and then like, never release another episode ever. That's right. No, the more mean you are, the more episodes they will ask for. That does seem to be the, the case. That's concerning. That's concerning, <laughs> Abigail. I like the underlying song here. I do think it needs a, a stronger mix and uh, vocal performance. The vocals are a little hot. The guitars are a little cold is cold the opposite of hot i don't know so it does feel a little bit thin but i do like all the things he's going for and i really do look forward to hearing some of his stuff in the future yeah Yeah. i was gonna say this is kind of an insidious song in the way that he's got the sound set up i think you're right that it hasn't all come together quite yet i think needs another couple days of sitting with the mix and figuring out what works. Just as far as the lyrics go, listening to the song, I don't really listen to lyrics, but I went and read them, and like, the second verse takes a dark turn. Oh, please elaborate. It goes from like, just being a clever take on the title, oh, Dawn is a person, he's one of two bands that did that this round, to being like, oh, it's not just like, 
metaphorical, you're pointing your pistols at Don. It's also, he's talking about domestic violence and how... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really dark. I thought my Caravan Ray take was dark when I proposed it last week. I'm not going to say out loud, but you know the type of song Caravan Ray is known for. So put two and two together. I hear what both of you are saying about like it's not exactly there yet. And for me, the spot that I sort of hone in on is the intro to me sounds like it's going to be an 80s pop ballad. And then we have like this weird half minor early 90s, mid 90s pop ballad feel for the rest of the song. I I can't describe it any better than that. That didn't exactly sync up the way I thought it was going to. I like both sections. Don't be wrong. I think one has to change just a little bit, though. And probably the intro, because that'd be the easier part to change, I assume. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a rough diamond that needs some smoothing out, some chiseling. I felt that the doubled vocals oftentimes took away more than they added, just because they're not always completely in sync pitch-wise or rhythm-wise. At the end, he's got this very soft, very quiet, high don't going, which is a little out of tune, too. Yeah, if he just had some more time to rework them to make the match up better. Yeah. Who's up next? All right, up next we have more energy. The, up next we got the Sir BS. Oh, nice. All right, that's the serviettes. And I think that was Alexa singing. No, I'm not going to use that joke every time we hear the serviettes. <laughs> Thank, <you. laughs> Thank you. That was another really great vocal performance by the serviettes. And I like the general direction of the song. I have nitpicks here and there, but overall, it's got some really good ideas, and I like it. Or I dig it following my own rules. I always enjoy the serviette song. They were one of my favorite This Is Fine submissions at the very beginning. I also really like this song. What's interesting about it is every time it comes on, I feel at once, I'm not really into this, and also, I really like this. I don't know why, but I feel both of these things at once. It's like wearing those 3D glasses where everything is both red and blue at the same time. Yeah, I can see the potential there, and I see the song that I want it to be and that I think he's trying to make it. And I just see the reality is falling short a little bit. That said, sometimes you don't always want to make the song that people will expect, but then you have a different tact for making that work, which I don't think any of us know. It's magic. I find this particular song to be like, what if Rufus Wainwright sang a Simon and Garfunkel song? That's interesting because I thought it was very Chris Cornell in the vocal delivery in that it goes for the bluesy type of stuff. But also a lot of the vocal melodies reminded me of Ween's Buenos Tardes Amigo or Bright Eyes, The Calendar Hung Itself. Very different songs, but I hear the melody there. So, you know, might kick that melody a little bit so you don't jog other songs so much. And then the end of the song reminds me of Cake. So I'm just, I'm all over the place with this one. And yes, Cake (laughs) is a band, Abigail. I will say the thing that actually bugs me about this song the most is the drums. The snare has this minor delay on it. It doesn't need that. And I don't think you need the second kick there. You need to just lay back the drums a little bit, verb them out, give them some good reverb to add some atmosphere here. That's what I would do with this song first thing. The drums do not match the mood, in my opinion. I find that interesting because I felt that the drums were a huge part of the mood in this song for me. I'm with Abigail. I think think they work. Very well. All right. I think the whole thing works. This is another one of those like really strong. We're going to have our lead singer pretty much out here on a limb on their own for most of the yeah. piece, which I mean, I love that choice in general. I think it, I think it's done really well here. I mean, there's a guitar, I think, under most of it, but we don't hear the drums until like a minute 30, I think it is. Like, it's a long time of just like a single guitar and, and the voice. And I, I think it's great. That's a good vocal delivery. I definitely hear the Chris Cornell vibes you're talking about. I think this is like one of my top three of the whole round, if I'm really honest. Like, I love it. All right, Abigail, I I know how to describe this to you. That second kick, double the delay between the first kick and the second kick on the Mm -hmm. drums, and I think you make the song feel more dinosaur steppy, bigger. Instead of going Mm bum-bum, you go bum-bum. 
I think it changes the oh, dynamics so much saying. that yeah. it just it feels like a bigger song. I would agree with that. I like the sound that he has with the snare, though, so I don't want him to change that part because I think it's a really cool sound effect. If it's a ghosting snare and maybe we change out the sample, I'd be okay with that. But if it's actually a double hit, I'm not cool with that. What I do really like about this song is, again, going back to mix versus arrangement. I think the arrangement of this song is really good. He starts with G and G, builds in, adding a couple of uh, percussion, then adding in more instruments. He gets that really nice low bass sound that just fills up your headphones. It turns into this huge big swell. To me, it reminds me of Ravel's Bolero, which is an obscure piece of classical music. Listen to it. It's 15 minutes long and kind of dumb. You're asking me to take 15 <laughs> minutes of my life to listen to something you just called dumb. Like, look, if it had been a YouTube video, then sure, yeah, I totally would have been like, yeah, I'll watch this dumb YouTube video for 15 minutes. But music for 15 minutes is dumb? Uh-uh, that's not happening. I can't. I can't do that. Uh-uh. It's basically the same eight bars over and over, but adding in more instruments to a big swell and then slowly taking them away again. It's this really cool crescendo and decrescendo effect, and he does that building into this until it's at that big swell point, and then he cuts it all out and drops back down to G and G at the very end to give his final vocal delivery and brings everything back in for a bit a smaller swell to play the outro. And I just thought that it was really well done. Yeah, now that you mentioned some of that stuff, it kind of reminds me of My Color Me just with a more elaborate set of sections. The kick drum we're talking about, the two sixteenths versus the eighths, I think it's an artifact of the third bar of the phrase. The drum does a do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Like, I had a little bit more to it. I think we just sort of kept the first two sixteenths. I agree it should be spaced out a little bit in those sections, but that third bar or whatever, love it. I love that there's more kick to it, and I think that phrase works really great, or that bar works really great. But yeah, definitely need the spaced out everywhere else. Also, shout out to the harpsichord. Up next, we have the Vun, the Vonely, the Von Vorten. Alright, that is Vami V with his song about pointing guns at ladies. Our other option option or other other band that did that this this round it uses the lyrics effing up your shit i mean it's very british of them. it's i don't know no, it's not. wouldn't no, it it's be not. bloody shit i don't know i don't know how this works in britain no bloody is the offensive word the f word is not offensive in england oh. i should know i was there for three months 10 years ago <laughs> so. you're an expert i'll yes. consult you anytime i need to swear in british I am a cultural expert on Britain. Uh, Great Britain, some might call it, but really it's just Britain. Okay, that's gone on a bit much. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But really, how great is that Britain? Not that great. I like uh, Vom's vocals in this. I think it's overall a very good Vom vocal take. Say that three times fast. However, he does that scoop at the beginning. That is the thing you need to watch out for, Vom. Watch for that scoop. Knock that scoop right off its pedestal. Kick the legs out from under the scoop. That's right. If you fill it with ice cream, then you can't scoop it no more. This is not Raisin Bran. You do not want the scoops. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe the scoops are his Raisin Dutra. I'm going home. I'm done. (laughs) I quit. But she's wearing a Mass Effect shirt. Uh, I like the subdued synth drums though they are a bit loud in this for how boring they are. I think that that's a a standard bomb go-to. Maybe change that up a little bit and make sure if they're going to be stock beat, put them lower in the mix because I don't want that to be my primary concern with the song. The secondary drums uh, that come in in the second verse, those are a nice touch. I would like them to have more tonality and to be a little bit louder. Because I'm thinking, hey, this could be a Guster song at this point. Do the Guster thing. Embrace the the bongos and do something weird with that. Slap some reverb on it. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I think this is a 
clever subversion of the title in the same way that Szymanski did. I thought it was kind of cute how he put it all together. It's very bomb in terms of his lighthearted, we're gonna sing about something a little bit silly and it might be serious, but we're taking the edge off of what is serious here. I had a little bit of a problem with one of his lines when he says, when you were only young. That's just a <laughs> weird thing to say. Like you could say, when you were once that young or other things. Only young didn't make sense to me here. I thought that he does a really good job with his backing vocals, but there's a part where they come in as ooze and they're very out of tune to my ear. I think it's more of a mix problem there. Like the volumes are not right. They sound odd to me. I don't know if it's necessarily that out of tune. They're a little pitchy, but they're they're mixed so far back that it doesn't matter that much. I have another note about the counter melody guitars. I like them, but they're also hidden in the mix. And combined with hiding all of the interesting stuff in the mix, it just leaves not enough spice in some parts that could use some more excitement. I mean, I think the worst thing about the song is that there's five minutes of silence at the end. Bob, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, Rookie I don't mistake. have five minutes. Of time. I think it's only like three, four seconds. No, it's, it's not actually. No, it's a it's a very Von Vortney take and very Von Vortney song. Yeah, he does something a little silly with the title, like he always does. It pays out well. I think the vocal line's good. It's a good Vommy song. Yep, it's a good Vom. All right, that is the set of all of the shadow contestants this round who are not contestants. So th- those are all the songs of people who are just still playing along with our marathon. Is it a marathon or is it a contest? Is it American Idol or is it the Boston Marathon? Do we have opinions, Abigail? I'd like to imagine that if you had the Boston Marathon where every, oh, one and a third mile or so, you had to stop and sing something into a microphone. Isn't a marathon already a contest? What is this metaphor that you two are spinning? that I have to try to wield. I never said anything about running. So in the final round, the judges aren't the ones that pick who wins. Every contestant and the judges all get to submit a vote for their choice of the contestants. And then whoever accumulates most most votes wins. Uh, So I was going to ask, out of our eight shadows, who would be the winner of the whole Nurine? Of the whole Nurine? Well, I'd like, I'd like the round in there for the whole nine. It, you or know, the, de facto. Well, I mean, if, if we are playing in fantasy land, why put stipulations on it? I mean, I'm going to vote for myself. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, in terms of effort, I think the mandibles definitely win it in terms of effort and epicness uh-huh. of the song. I'm so glad. I really yeah. like this song. I really like the Grumpy Mike song as well. And I'm not just saying that because oh. he complimented me. Well, thank you. I think I would come in third. I could see that. Behind Mandibles and Balance Lost. It would be a really far third. Maybe even a fourth. I could see that. I can't decide if I would put you or Balance Lost third, but I definitely think that that's top three for me. You would would put Balance Lost third? I found yours and Balance Lost to be very even in terms of Mm. my esteem. This is why judging sucks, audience. I do want to say a shout out. Honorable mention, Hot Pink Halo. Yeah, I think for me, I'm torn between... Mandibles and serviettes, because I think they're they're my favorite vocals this round. I don't want to just say mandibles because we have you, Abigail. I feel like that's copying out. Yeah. And I will say for sure, if that guitar was louder, hundred percent, I'd be done. You're not phoning in your shadow. You're making you're making a song. We have a history of doing all out raucous anthems for the final round of the neurons that we've been in, despite always being a shadow. I wanted to keep the energy up. Would you credit the new ugly for the amount of shadows there are? Or would you credit the new website design? Talk about somebody putting somebody on the spot there, man. I think you're right. There are definitely more this year. I don't know if it's because of the podcasts or like something coming over from Spin Tunes or what. But oh, I suppose there's the pandemic thing. Why'd you have to bring up the pandemic? She, I mean, I didn't. didn't. You did, actually. No, okay. (laughs) I'm playing stupid because that's my shtick. (laughs) Is it a shtick or is it a way of being? That's a good question that is way deeper than this podcast. All right, so those were our shadows. Now we'll get to the two, one of which will be the champion. That's not epic enough. No, no. My friends. And now... 
time for the main event, where we have two competitors enter. Only one survives. Up first, we have Cave Dwarves. <laughs> Was cave dwellers. Were they playing yes. their metal guitar in a cave? No, but they were playing their harpsichord waltzy Wolfgangy thing in a room. Uh, fun fact about this song. I have some behind the scenes information here. Whoa. Ooh. Truth wrote out an entire string trio for this song with two violins and a cello. As far as I can tell, he wasn't able to get the violinist to play some kind of scheduling conflict, but the cellist was able to play and the piano was playing the other two parts. Wait, so there were more than two people recording this song? They got a guest to play the cello. They didn't just punch in MIDI? Correct. This is a much better mix than last week, and it's very well performed, and I don't know, it's got a lot of things going for it. I like the piano part, and I like the guitar tone, and I like the jam out, and the guitar solo. There's some great stuff here. You know, the lyrics of this song kind of make me want to go pull down statues and stuff and get people fired for tweets from 10 years ago. Do you guys get the same sense? I mean, I think that's the opposite of the message they're saying, but... What's the message? I can see why you get that. I agree with Ben. I think the message is we shouldn't be attacking people for what they tweet. It's a similar aesthetic to the Mandible's internet sensation from two years ago. Oh, Oh, I see. I did a sarcastic thing, and you responded to the sarcastic thing sincerely. Okay. Yes, you were. You oh were my god! Not sarcastic. You know enough. I can't read sarcasm. It's a, Mike can't deliver sarcasm half the time. It's fine. This is one of those <laughs> scenarios. If I say something absurd, it usually is sarcastic, unless it's about Josh Groban. You know, this song would have been better with Josh Groban uh, singing some harmony parts. I think would have would have really sold it. It's strangely upbeat for the lyrical content. I also think it's it's very much the decision of we're talking about a modern problem, but trying to harken back to an older way of doing things. And so the, the instrumental stylings, I think, are meant to evoke that feeling that we prefer to live in a, a different time. Yes, there are instrumental parts that make it upbeat. But Truth's voice is very wholesome. He sounds like an overly nice person. So singing about some of these topics that Cave Dwellers occasionally brings up kind of feels a little off to me. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I actually kind of like that juxtaposition, though. I find that when you sing about something in a really happy manner, when it is clearly a more serious topic, that can make it a more digestible way to take in the viewpoint. It's not so much that it's happy, it's how clean and wholesome it's performed. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like an educational They Might Be Giants song. Yes, it sounds very detached, is what I'm trying to say. Clinical. I like that about it. It's not emotionally happy, it's clinical. I disagree on the clinical, because I do think he does put in a lot of emotion into this. And I do hear how he puts it, but it's like, he's a guy who contemplates a lot of serious things and then talks about them in a way that you can have a conversation about it and not just devolve into ad hominem attacks. And I feel like that's what this song is. Sounds like my type of guy. Last week, his delivery was surprisingly personal. This week, it feels impersonal. That's just my take on it. Whether that's significant or not, we'll leave it up to listeners. It's wrong, so it's okay. I think that has less to do with his vocalism and more to do with what's going on around it. It's boppy. It's fun. It's danceable. Last week's song was much more in the direction of prog rock. The context affects how you perceive the voice. There was a little bit of Sprecken saying last week. Just a smidge. Just a smidge that added attitude. I don't know, we could probably go back and forth about how maybe the music influences how you deliver stuff and uh, and all that. That's my take on it, is it feels like he's not empathizing with his lyrics as he was last week. In this song, it's kind of like, well, this is the way things are and la-di-da, and I don't have a strong opinion on it, and it doesn't make me feel much. I'm just living in a raft, going downstream, watching the trees go by. 
I hear what you're saying and I continue to disagree with it. That's fair. I find this to be a timely commentary on society and technology without sounding weird or out of place. There are songs where if somebody talks about like texting someone or checking their phone or like I think Owl made a comment when we mentioned Instagram on our Mandibles North Beach Vampire as being out of place and weird. I think they do a good job in this song talking about Twitter, talking about Facebook, talking about social media in general without it being like, oh, we get it. We're in the computer age. I enjoy the lyrics. I think the lyrics are very tasteful. It is just a very clean cut delivery. I agree that it's a very clean vocal tape. I disagree that that's a detractor. Yeah, I'm with Abigail on that. It's, and I, I think it works. You know, I think different people look for different things. This is songs. true. That's fine. We're allowed to have differences in opinion. Anyway, we, we should talk about something else about their song if you guys have other things. Remember how I was talking about mix versus arrangement? There is another level that I classify as orchestration, which is arrangement on steroids. It is so well put together. I am such a fan of how he put this together. Truth literally wrote out on staff paper how he wanted this music to go. And it really, really shows, not just in like, oh, this is where the notes go, but also just like how he uses the symbols throughout the song. I love it. I agree with you. I think they did a great job with their arrangement. Uh, last week we were talking about, you know, how the Cage Dwellers versus John Eric fight would shape out. And I think Cage Dwellers, I think, nailed it. So, like, last week, I think Cave Dwellers did just, like, just a smidge bit too much stuff in their song with the polyrhythms. This feels like we did a, a lot of good stuff, but nothing that's overwhelming me. Oh, my head doesn't hurt when I after I listen to it a whole bunch of times. Like, I think it's, it's the right amount of interesting, cool, neat stuff to do in a song. I think they put it together really well, too. I'm very impressed with this package. I think it, it even if there's, like, we could pick things out and say, oh, they should have done this instead of this or whatever, but I think overall the packaging works really well for me and I think they've made a lot of good choices on what to include and what not to include. Yeah, the instrumentation choices are impeccable. I cannot impugn them nor the harmonies. Those are awesome. We should move on to John Eric! Wait, wait, wait. was John Eric. This song is fun. I'm pretty sure I've used that word to describe a lot of songs, but this song is the most in terms of being fun. There's something about a ukulele puts me on a beach. Yeah, it sounds like uh, that one really popular song, in a sense. Um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Uh, no. But he's been doing a lot of this, this pop inspiration lately. Oh, you mean the train song that has a ukulele? What train song? No, uh, probably not. Soul Sister. No. Yes, okay, probably. Hey, Soul... Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, that's the one. So it seems like he's been divining pop as his inspiration, and I cannot argue with that. I like that direction for John. I think he's had a really good arc of how his music has progressed over the course of the competition. If you had asked me after This Is Fine, who's going to be the top two in the in the finals, I wouldn't have picked... John Eric, but seeing how his songs have developed over the course of the last two months, especially with last week's song, I just thought, really fabulous job. I love a good comeback story. Yeah, and he hasn't been around for a few years now, so this is kind of an epic comeback for him. I like the bass tone in this. I like the whistling. It's just really catchy. Yeah. I think the lyrics are about two lovers, and then he randomly sings about pistols at dawn so that's confusing to me yeah i think it's the two lovers are not really in love anymore but they end up going to bed mad every night when they wake up they're still mad and that's that i think is the metaphor oh Oh, that that changes everything he's singing about going to bed angry and always fighting at night and then it goes straight from we're fighting at night to this is pistols at dawn I feel like there needed to be a line where if we keep fighting at night, this will become Pistols at Dawn, as opposed to just saying this is Pistols at Dawn, because it just feels like, oh, we're at night, but suddenly it's dawn again. I needed the twilight hours to get us there. Yeah, I I didn't really catch the connection there, and it felt like a non sequitur. I can now notice it now that you point it out. It is always said that you should not go to sleep angry. Do not go to bed angry. 
with your significant other ever if you want to remain in a cohesive relationship. So this is good advice from John Eric. I will say that. It, it is it is a warning for sure. I like the tom work at the chorus, the way the drums change up. Both of these final contestants have a problem with their mixes that it surprises me. It really does. Because usually there is one finalist who is better mixed or better produced than the other. And I feel like these two are about very similar on on that level. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I found both of these mixes to be really, really good. The Cave Dwellers mix was really good because it had all of those different instruments playing together in a really nice way. John Eric's mix is really nice because he takes all of these different sounds and turns them into one sound, if that makes sense. Like there is one really nice cohesive backdrop to his singing, which just forms into a really nice setting. It might just be that you're wearing tiny headphones. (laughs) I don't see why that's a problem. John Eric, I really like your bridge. I think it's really fun. I think it's a really good change up in sound. It's my favorite part of your song. Your verse about gin and the world's smallest violin and that little acapella, woo, I love it. It's really pretty, it's really fun. The list of things, again, I'm not sure how they fit in. They're just elements to what you're fighting about, I guess. I really like it though. For me, I think the outro part where he speeds up, I love that that part. I don't think that's what you're talking about. No, but I do like that too. I like the speed up and the, the little woo. I think there's a woo mm-hmm. at the end there too. Basically just gonna echo, I think this is a great song too. I'm so glad I'm not judging because it takes me about a minute to get into each of these songs after I listen to the other one. I put just the two, Kate Dools and John Eric, on a loop for like four hours one day. And every single time I was like, about the two minute mark, I was like, oh, I really like the song. But the first minute to two minutes of every song, I was like, oh, this is like so terrible. But only because it's in comparison to the other one because they're so different. Thank God my vote only matters one out of 46. <laughs> two, I feel like though, John Eric, lyrically, I feel like this isn't your A game. I feel like your best songs have been like North Beach Vampires and any other like topic that we can be kind of silly with. This is a very serious take and I'm not saying it's bad. One of your strengths you've shown during this whole thing is that you play up the silly really, really well and it, it works really well. And there's like a couple bits here that are like some of the images I think in the in the bridge section, I think sort of are trying to play to that because it's a serious song, it doesn't work as well for me. I echo that this song really made me realize what I was trying to say last week, which was only published yesterday, which is, I think he does kitschy very well. This is not kitschy. This is personal. I mean, I think this is a good song and it's a good take, but I would call this your B plus game and not your A game. Even if I'm just thinking from like purely a contest, trying to do the thing for the contest specifically, if John Eric had taken a pointing pistols at a woman named Dawn take, instead of a, a serious take, not real take, serious take. I think that would have bumped into the A game and made this like a really easy win for me because I've always adored every every silly John Eric song I've adored. Again, it's a really good song. Yeah. I could probably psychoanalyze this in so many different ways that I will not do right now. It's a good choice. But it does seem like there's something to the whole personal aspect of the lyrics that changes the dynamic of the song. Well, and I think that there's an interesting dichotomy between the lyrical content versus the musical content. It's like a marching band of joviality. And then you compare that to, we're fighting every night and we're gonna break up. That level of clash between tone and lyric has to be done very methodically for it to be as successful as you want it to be. I was surprised that both contestants did that. It's true. I feel like there were some a little worse vocal takes in this John Eric song than the last song. And I totally empathize with what's going on. When you write a, a more personal song or you try to shoehorn a more personal song in this songwriting, I'm making finger quotes, songwriting contest, <laughs> it doesn't always pan out. And that's not to say this is not a very good song. This is a very good song. I am just simply pointing out the, the differences between the last round which I thought was a a much better song by him. I think his last round was his best song that I've heard. I think this is his best technical delivery. We had the the lyric choice, I think. It doesn't necessarily detract from it. It just is at odds from what I expected and think he could have swept with. I said I wasn't going to psychoanalyze, but I'm going to just jump right in. It's like he's singing his diary, but he's shy about his diary a little bit. He's doing 
doing that thing where he's really upset and he's crying, but he's also smiling really wide because that's the only way he knows how to deal with the pain. So it's John Eric covering Avril Lavigne. Is that <laughs> Avril Lavigne doesn't smile? She scowls. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that is our two finalists. Those are our two finalists. Those are their two finalists. Use the right pronouns and and adjectives and things. I thought I. I thought I had. I don't know. She's the Wii's finalist right there. Yes. Bingo. Nailed it. Done. So I guess the first question is then, who gets the win? Who do we think wins this one? This is a toss-up. I have not voted yet. You don't get to answer. You know who false won already. We don't. I mean, we thought we knew, and then we got taken away. Because too many people complained because they thought it would be due at midnight. <laughs> so our, our vote matters. Right now, we get to decide. Hashtag our vote matters. Go home, Mike. I mean, I'll go first. This, I feel like, is a toss-up. Earlier today, I was in the John Eric camp, and I feel like I argued myself into the Cage Jewelers camp just because, Mike, your argument about the vocal take was detached, and I think you're incredibly wrong and want to stubbornly fight you for it. I think it was a great stylistic <laughs> choice, honestly, overall. I think they're both great. And again, I think if John Eric had done a bit more kitschy, silly lyrics, would have swept it. I would have fallen for that. No problem. Absolutely. Abigail. Mandible has already voted. We voted for Cave Dwellers. That's biased, but okay. <laughs> okay, well, look, we had a short discussion. Hashtag nepotism. <laughs> yes, truth is in Cave Dwellers and in Mandibles. However, Estefania and I also both felt that we really, really liked the Cave Dweller song. Really loved it. And look, we wouldn't be in a band with someone whose music we didn't like. I just personally liked the Cave Dweller song better. I thought that it did a better job of having the entire package of a game. If we're ranking on challenge, I think I agree with you. Because John Eric's A Game is kitschy, and he missed that a little bit. Because our podcast was not out soon enough, Ben. We failed, John Eric. We dropped the ball there. I think Cave Dwellers has a very coherent composition. It is through and through exactly as they imagined, except for the mix and the mastering. Whereas the the John Eric song, if he had leaned into the emotional portrait he were painting, I think it would have worked a lot better. That said, I think his song's really catchy. I don't know how I will vote. Well, you better hurry. (laughs) no i've got some time left apparently all right i'm opening up the envelope to see who is the champion of neurine and it is john eric wow congratulations john eric you are the champion of neurine 15 welcome back to the song fight community it has been so long since we've seen you and this is a great welcome back prize Indeed. Fabulous music, really fun, really jolly, really great lyrics, boppy, fun, jovial song. Yeah, way to be potentially the least generic contestant we've had, clearly with a win too. Just like, buck the name, say, I don't care for my band name at all, I'm gonna do the thing that wins and not be boring. This is some of the best work, probably the best work I've heard from him. That's it. That's the end. So that is Neurine 15 in the bag. Winner decided. Contest over great songs with the singy songs and the notes and everything else that was good about things. There was some guitar in there. That's right. Remember, we all disagree on everything in all dimensions. So it doesn't matter if you won or lost. What matters is you made some damn songs. So good job, people. Good job. That's right, winner. Let us invalidate your win, winner. So we can take that away and... You still get a win (laughs) under your belt. That's legit. That's some bragging rights. (laughs) You can only brag about it to about 20 people in the entire world. But good on you. I mean, Frankie Big Face, his face is not that big. He walks around with a big wrestling belt. He's like, hey guys, oh, there's a belt. There's a belt on me. Oh, that's right. When When you're walking around with your five belts that are so big, you can't see your face. And you say, oh, this is my face. And we all say, that's not big. <laughs> all right, man. You do you, I guess. And then they walk away to go get their ice cream or whatever they were doing before. So that's it for us here at New Ugly. Thank you, Abigail of Mandibles, once again for joining us. Happy to. Loved having you. Always a blast. Thank you, contestants. Thank you, judges. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Thank you wow, for judging. for stepping up in a big way. I'll take my one bow. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been a pure delight so we'll see you next year next year next year so we'll we'll song love you next year right 
Yes, that's right. We'll song love, love you, you next, next year. I will just pitch my voice up and say it's Abigail. It'll be perfect. <laughs> we'll song love you next year. But seriously, who should I vote for? John Eric, obviously. Cave dwellers. Perfect. Let's let's do it like we did last time, round robin. I announced it, so Abigail, you de-announce it, and then Ben, you announce the next, and then I de-announce the next. So we take turns like that. Okay. Oh, I think I I see what you mean. So so you you led into it. Abigail has to lead out of it, and then I have to lead into the next one. Yeah, that's what I meant by de-announce. Yeah, I. It took me a second. I got it. I'm there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for meeting me halfway. I do what I and, can. And make sure we're all punchy when we say the name, because I think that's funny. Also, when we get to Frank, we have to mention his big face. Wait, he doesn't have one. He's not. There's no. There's no Frank this time. He didn't. He didn't submit a shadow. But I also. I'll also give you that. And up next, we have our very own Grumpy Mike. There you go. Two takes. Take your pick. Neither had a lot of energy, but that's okay. I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> All right, and up next we have our favorite contestant of Neuron ever. It's one. All right, and up next we have our very own beloved local grumpy Mike. I love you, Ben. There. Now you have four takes. Yeah, I love you too. Everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The actual, actual champion is yet to be determined, but let's pretend. Do the, the t-shirt things. All right, so I am opening up the envelope here. Oh, it looks like Cave Dwellers won Nurine 15. They are the champions. Go, baby, go. Nice work, Cave Dwellers. That was a beautiful song. Uh, you guys worked really hard on Nurine. You did your best work I have ever heard. Really fabulous job. Yes, wonderful, wonderful job. Well deserved, also. Hard work. Yeah, way to swing into the final with that Polythems challenge and then deliver somehow even cleaner and crisper random ass compilation that is beautiful into the final. Just. It was a so great good. composition, yeah. All right, now, John Eric. We love ourselves more than cold machines if we rise above and find ourselves. Max Bombay. That's a throwback. <laughs> I sing that song to my kid, and then he sings it now. It's kind of funny. Aww. Because I was teaching him how to say pa 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 for pajama. Whatever. Why don't we just record into voice memos and turn that in, Peter? <laughs> what the hell oh is going on? I bet Bob would do really well that. That's the end of Nurein 15. Wait, so who was the false start? We should sign this out before we start to just randomly saying things. So I'm like, just have to do another 20 minutes of editing. Good point, Ben. Trying to say. Ben, you. you're smart. You are a good man. I remember that the times when I had to do our three-hour editing, and it's awful. A lot of really great lyrics and thoughts, and cut that. A lot of really fun. <laughs> what a really songy song. <laughs> no, what I had to say is I just, I really like your bridge lyrics. I thought that they were fun. You know, you just got to put in these Easter eggs to make it so that everybody listens to the entire podcast. That's what I try to do. <laughs> that's intentional. Secretly talk about every other song during other people's reviews. You know, that's where the Two Jerks podcast went wrong. They posted the times at which <laughs> the reviews were... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I always thought no, about no. we should do that maybe, but I think yeah, that was the correct move not to do it. <laughs>